Do you ever believe that God had vision for you? And the truth is, God does have vision for you. In Jeremiah, it says this, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and a hope. God has plans for you. God has vision for you. But think about this. How many... How many people actually see that come to pass? And when he gives us a statement like that we can stand in front of him and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, shows us that not everybody's going to get that comment, which means not everybody's going to fulfill their vision. What are some things that we can do to fulfill that vision? What is vision? How is it important to our lives? That's what we're talking about today. We're jumping into the incredibly important topic about vision. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just look forward. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And to, be, and to be honest, I don't feel like I have, you know, just all this revelation about vision. I really feel like I'm just diving into vision even more, even though I've talked about it for years and stuff like that. I just feel like it's such a big topic. There's so much more to right. it. Like yeah. there, it's a, there's a lot in it. But I love it when you get in, there's certain topics that you get into, like the glory vision. There's certain topics like that. The fire of God for me. Um, I get into it. It's like, oh man, my spirit just loves it. Vision is one of those. Mm -hmm. And it's very important because think about this. The Bible says uh, that when you write the vision and make it plain in Habakkuk, that uh, you will run. In other words, think about this. Without vision, you can't run no. with the things of God. You can't run yeah. with the plan on your life. There must be vision for it. And that vision comes from God. Vision, and you can go ahead and put this in the comments right now. Vision that's not from God will never work. Yeah. Vision that's not from God never works. If God didn't author that vision, it's going to fail. Why? Because God is love, and anything that originates from him is love. And anything done without love profits us nothing, right? So there's no, there's no actual profit to anything that God didn't author. Yeah. And so the first thing that you want to really get a hold of is, I don't need just anybody's vision. Put that in the comments. I don't need just any vision. I need the vision that comes from God. Mm -hmm. That's a, It's a major difference. But yet, see, we've, we've been taught in this world that, and in, especially in our society, you know, when you grow up, you can be anything you want to be. You're yeah. special. You can do it. And, but that's that's wrong yeah. because you can't be anything that you're called to be. You have to be what God's called you to be. You can't just go off doing everything else and expect to have success. Not if you want success. If you want success and you want actual success, eternal success, then we have to do what God told us to do. So, you know, I may have a dream, and I did have part of this dream, to be a very successful businessman. I wanted to be, uh, honestly, one of my goals as a young man was to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I wanted to be that. And that was one of my goals. That was one of my dreams. But as I grew up into those things and into the things of God, I realized that wasn't God's vision for me. God's vision was to be a pastor. God's vision was to be a minister. And I was, and I, man, there's a joy in that place, yeah. and a success in that place. And I realized the whole thing, I just misinterpreted some things uh, that, that really God was leading me to. 
Uh, and there's a lot of business that takes place in ministry, things like that. Not only that, but I get to help other people in their business, which I get so much joy out of. It's such a blessing to me. But one of the things that you see is that that wasn't God's exact vision. Right. That was a vision that I took, and I would have never been satisfied. I would always felt like there was a hole, like there was a gap. There was something to be filled because I was in the wrong vision. And so yeah. I really like vision. And I like, I like the thought of it. I like the concept of it. And that's what we're talking about today. And so if you have any questions about vision, put them in the com, uh, comments. Anything whatsoever dealing with the destiny of your life and the vision for your life, we want to we try and answer those today. And so anyway, I just preached yesterday on vision. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, yesterday, like, this is not me tooting my horn. This is, this is tooting God's horn. Like, God helped me. And he brought about a message yesterday. I was sitting there in the middle of like, wow, this is anointed, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this. This was really awesome, the yeah. way that he constructed that and brought it uh, to pass. So did y'all enjoy that? Oh, very much so. Yeah, amen. I think one of the things right out the gate that's important for everyone listening, especially like as we're communicating, it's important to, number one, remove your bias when we're talking yes. about vision. And it's important to note that you already have one that's been given to you. Like, I think those are two things that for me, if I had gotten those years ago, it would have made this entire topic much yes. easier because I pursued, like anytime vision, destiny, callings was brought up, like I was the person that would just beeline it for that front seat because I was like, I want to know what am I called to do? And I would make it all about myself and what's my plan? What's this? What's that? And I had my own dreams for myself, but until I crucified them and I truly laid them down at the altar, God could not give his vision to me because I was building my own house. I was building yeah. my own dreams. So removing bias is key, but then also realizing you have a vision already over your life. That's it's found right. in That's the good. word and it's found in the church that you're planted in. If you're planted in a church and if you're a Bible believing Christian, you have vision already. Yeah. There doesn't need to be some custom tailor made thing with your name on it, though there is. Everyone has a destiny, has a calling, and it's found in the word and it's found in your planting. Amen. It's not Glory complicated. It, yeah. we, we just make it complicated sometimes. Correct. Yeah. And Hannah said what you said, removing bias is key. It is. Absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, that is so important. And that's what, that's what I've found the majority of people miss is they don't remove bias. And because of that, everything that they think is always slanted. Yeah. It's, it's slanted in one direction. And, and it's trouble because that means that God didn't author 100% of it, which means you're always going to be missing. So, yeah. 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 Something, and I, I'm, I'm excited for this topic because I know that there's so much more to, if the Lord is bringing it up for the body, yeah. that everyone needs to grow in it. No one has arrived in it. Yes. But um, one thing that last year I really learned and again, I'm growing, but I learned is that you can really be happy in the vision of the local body in the in the daily vision of yeah, what there yeah. is. Like I growing up in a minister's home, I had this and growing up around pastors and evangelists and everything, something that I worked through just last year 
with Pastor was I had a bias that I would never be successful if I wasn't called into the fivefold ministry. Right. And right. I didn't necessarily think that I was called into it, but because I didn't think I because I was like I'm probably not called into that. The Lord hasn't said that. Then my future is less than some people's. Right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, honestly, just putting it out there also, just being a female, I felt like I'm not going to have the same opportunities in ministry that maybe men do right. just because of some, some ways that people think about things. And I really worked through those things. And one thing that I learned last year was I can be happy in the, day, in the vision of the local body, in the day-to-day process. Um, and we had a class in impact that also, I don't know if that was the when exactly that was, but that helped with that too, where he talked about your vision is in the local body. Yeah. Yeah. You give yeah. yourself to the church. That is where you are supposed to flourish. Yeah. That is what you, you're supposed to do. And there was a message that you had done, um, I think last year about it and everything. And, and you were like, everything you're called to do, you can do in the local body. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> like I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, I don't know about that, and it really stretched me. But what I came to a place last year where I realized I am so happy in this vision of the local body. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy yeah. just having every my heart set on what are we doing here, and not thinking uh, about my ministry or my future. And um, I, I found a piece that I didn't have before. I, I also found a, um, a, um, like a, a, a break from that condemnation of that yeah. tie of like, there's a, there's a standard here that you'll probably, you can't get to it. You can't, there's mm-hmm. a standard of success that I, I felt like I couldn't get to of, of being in the fivefold. Right. I could, felt like I couldn't. So I'm not going to be successful unless I'm there. So yeah. I'm just you know, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not as important as a lot of people. Those types of thoughts. It really freed me up to find a joy in the local body that I hadn't had before. That's awesome. Like that's tremendous. And and if you think about it, you know, the scripture that I'm thinking about when you say that is Luke sixteen twelve. Will you will you pull that up real quick? Luke sixteen twelve. And um, if you think about it, God set God set in motion uh, a pattern. And I I'm not gonna. I don't know that I can say this is an absolute pattern, but I don't know that I can't say that either. It obviously is the standard, mm-hmm. right? Without question, it's the standard. Is that God says, I'm going to plant you and place you in the body of Christ, in the local, every, every place where you are on earth should have a local body of Christ, right? And if, and if you, there isn't one, you're it right? <laughs> then that, that you are that local body. If you're in the middle of wilderness, you're the local body of Christ in that, in that place. But everybody has a placement in God in a local church, and they should. And if they don't, they should find that. And, and understand this, that if it's not around you, then you move to it because that's where you flourish. You yeah. flourish in the planting in the house of the Lord in uh, Psalm 92. So move there. Get to be a part of a church that's in a live church, absolutely called by God, because in that place will be vision. In that place will be your nourishment. In that place will be all of those things. So think about, let's, let's think about the one person that may be called to the fivefold ministry, 
uh, and that it, let's say they are called. They're, they're eventually, they're not called yet, but they are called eventually to be in the fivefold ministry. They're not separated yet into the office of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Then one of the things that you'll see is that the Lord has to start them somewhere. Yeah. He has to start them. And look at this principle right here, Luke 16, 12. It says, and if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So when we look at that, you can pretty much say the standard of God is, I'm not going to give you your own until you've been faithful with that which is another's. Yeah. So when we look at this person, you know, this, this hypothetical person, uh, what you see is that this ministry that they're called to God can't give them that ministry until they've been faithful with someone else's ministry. Yeah. In other words, even if they're called to go out and have their own ministry and it's you know traveling on the road all the time, it, you'll watch it. Any anybody who's really truly successful, uh, like like you know Ted Jr. for example, he has a church that's his own. You know he goes back when he goes back to Florida. Now they're starting their own church now. But before this, before that moment happened, he would go back to Florida. He and Carolyn would be at Abundant Life with Bishop Rick every Sunday. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't like, oh, I'm so tired, so I'm going to stay home. You know, I'm normally on the road. So, no, he was planted at Abundant Life, right? He was planted there. It's such a good testimony and so needed for people to see that. And if you don't have one around you, you move to that place because that's your flourishing. Yeah. Uh, it, listen, according to the Bible, your job is not your source. Right. Your, your job is not your place of flourishing. The local yeah. church body planted yeah. in the house of the Lord, people flourish in the courts yeah. of God. And so what you see is the flourishing place is that. And so, but now watch. So now if somebody is called to a fivefold ministry, if they have that in their future, or if they don't, they're still called to uphold the vision of that local church. And in upholding that vision, according to this verse, that's where God says, you've fulfilled it. Now I can give you that which is right. your own. Yeah. Right? But if, if he's not moving them into fivefold ministry, everybody should be yeah. placed and planted and, uh, and attending and supporting and, yeah. and giving and sowing into that local body of Christ. 100%. Honestly, I didn't know that it, this was uh, possible. Like thinking about my future, yeah. when I used to think about my future and everything, I, I I'm not saying they're 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 not out there. I'm sure they are, but we've had so few examples of people who understand covenant and understand uh, the way that God connects relationships and people that. It wasn't necessarily a thing of security that I could do to, you know what, I'm going to, like when I first moved to Boomerang, I remember thinking, or coming here, I remember thinking, like, how long am I going to be here? I don't know. Like, maybe God, I don't know if you remember these conversations, but I was like, what if God has me here, like, two years? Oh, my gosh. And then I remember you were like, it's probably more than two years. And I was just like, what? (laughs) What? How can I do that? that physically possible and but once I realized that I had a pastor who was committed to the vision of boomerang 
then I could realize that I had the ability to commit myself to Boomerang because yeah. you weren't leaving in a couple of years. Yeah. You weren't yeah. going to have all these issues that in a couple of years, maybe you have, you know, maybe you have personal issues and you have to just, you can't handle it. Or, you know, the, unfortunately, we see this so much where yeah. ministries don't, they aren't always stable. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to talk like, bad about ministries I'm, I'm not I'm not in any way but I'm saying is I don't think we've even been taught that you can stay at a ministry because the ministry is gonna like yeah stay there too like yeah. I don't know if that makes sense but when I realized you and Pastor Nicole are committed you are people who are faithful you're not gonna give up yeah. then I could know that it was even possible to do that then right. I could have that stability of being here like um, cause ministry fluctuates so much. You know, I think so many pastors stay at pastoring at a specific church for like two years and yeah. different things like that. But that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is covenant is yeah. I am in a covenant connection with boomerang and with you guys as the head of boomerang. If God doesn't say anything else forever, because that's, that's right. how yeah. God builds things. Yeah. Well, when you're in, when you're in operating in vision and you're operating in the covenant heart of God, a covenant heart of God is eternal. It's not something, I think one of the best ways to start getting an, an understanding of covenant is that it's not wishy-washy. It's not, it's not back and forth all the time. You know, I've watched ministries over the years where they've done this for two, three months, and then they do something else, and then something else is the new thing, and something else. I'm not talking about growing and I'm talking about we're doing this for two or three months, and then we ditch it, and we go to the, a new thing. Then we go yeah. to another thing. Covenant doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, covenant is eternal, and it's consistent, mm -hmm. right? And this is the way we need to be with our, with our vision as well. Um, people have the idea that there's something new every single week in God, and in a sense, there is. But then there's also just the diligence to what God's told us to do already. Be diligent. Be diligent, you know. And uh, a lot of times we'll look at different ministries and we'll compare ourselves to that ministry. Yeah. Well, they're doing this you know, new right now. They're doing this new right now. But God's not calling you to do that yeah. new every time. Uh, their ministry may be called to function differently than you are in that yeah. way. Uh, their life may be different. And so I think people get very dissatisfied with their current vision, and then they keep jumping. And, yeah. and it, we need to be diligent. Remember in Hebrews eleven six, God is a rewarder of them who diligently yeah. seek him. And so, uh, you know, going, going back to vision, we don't allow that vision to just jump around, yeah. but we really catch that vision yeah. where? Yeah. In the planting, and yeah. think about this too, if you have a really big vision and a really godly vision, it's not that God doesn't have the ability. It's not that he doesn't have the ability to, in a very brief and quick moment, go boom, big, big vision, right? Yeah. But if you do have a big vision, it's like we were watching uh, something about skyscrapers in New York and stuff like that. I bet Abby helped cook it. I think I did this time, but it was it was one of the things we were watching. It was very interesting. It was like the tallest residential, uh, uh, you know, house in the world, you know. And uh, anyway, but they were talking about 
that there was like 15 years of building to get to that place. In other words, you had to start with the foundation and then the middle section, then get up to that place. Like it took years to get to that place. Well, if God's going to give you vision like that, there has to be a foundation. And a lot of times we don't see that foundation point because that's when people are unknown. They're they're unknown during the foundation point, right? The only reason that we know about some of the Bible heroes' foundation is because those things were written about kind of in a backwards, looking back type motion. It's it's not like that he showed us those foundational moments. But the people that you're living around today, they're going through their foundational moments now, and nobody knows them, right? right? So then when, when you start to know them, you start trying to act like them in their harvest time when you're in your foundational time and yep. make grave mistakes yep. to your vision. Like it's a, it can be a death mistake to your vision, a death to your vision because you are trying to operate like they are in their harvest when you are in your foundation. And you don't want to do that. All you want to do is hear from the Lord, be obedient to the Lord today. Don't just try to put on a vision because you see somebody else doing that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to let God establish you. I remember, I remember when I first started in ministry, one of the biggest things I heard was, well, you have to be you. You have to be you. You can't be somebody else. And then, of course, I'm, I'm reading a lot. I'm listening to messages. I'm getting impartation. So my talk, my speech sounds like what? The people that I'm listening to, yeah. the people that I'm reading. And then people are like, you have to be you. And, and that's true. You have to get your own revelation of that. But I remember like thinking, like, this is me You're right now. I'm not that. trying to be that person. This is me. I, I watch a lot of people right now. It's, it's kind of humorous to me. Is you know, Jonathan Shellsworth. I know Jonathan. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not like the best and most close. But I've known him for some years now. We've had interaction. And, um, you know, and I watch young ministers who literally, and part of it is true impartation, and part of it is they're trying to be like him. And they sound, you listen to him, you're like, oh my gosh, you've been listening to Jonathan, because he has a very distinct way of speaking and everything. And uh, he's, you've been listening to Jonathan. You have to be you. And what that means is you have to allow God to establish who you are, mm-hmm. right? You can't just be everybody that you look up to and everybody that's your mentor, even if they're great and they're called, you're still not the same. For example, I see, um, and that means that that means that God has to establish you and yeah. establish that vision in that way. So one of the things that you see is that, like with Ted Shellsworth Sr., you can tell that Ted Shellsworth Sr., was around R.W. Shambach. Yeah. You can tell that. If you knew uh, R.W. Shambach, you can tell that he's been around. But Ted Sr. is not R.W. Shambach. Ted is Ted Sr. You know, yeah. he is his own person in that way. Now, what's, what's interesting is, as I went through that foundational time, I still will say things like other ministers, definitely, without question. Um, but I'm me. Like there's without question, God has God has set His vision, and that that kind of imprint of who Brian is. And I remember thinking those early years, they say you just got to be you. I'm like I don't know who I am. 
Like, I, who am I? You know, I'm like, I love God. That's who I am. Yeah. You know, that's about all I know to tell you. I love God. I want to see his kingdom advance and do anything to get it done. You know, that's me. Uh, but there was not that personality. There wasn't that individual thing, that vision that has come to pass yeah. that God brought to pass, right? Uh, there wasn't that that was just Brian, you know? Now, what's funny is I'll listen to you guys, and I can tell, like, I'll, I'll lean over to Nicole sometimes, I'm like, you can tell they've been listening, you know, because you'll say yeah. something, I'm like, that's how I say that. I was yeah. like, that sounds like me, you know? And uh, the thing is that in those foundational moments, God has a vision for each person. Yeah. It's personalized. It's special. Some of them are five-fold ministry, and some of them aren't, and it doesn't make it less special whether it is or it yeah. isn't. What makes it special is that God crafted something for you, mm -hmm. yeah. that he has a vision with your name on it, and you only find that by giving yourself and planting yourself to yeah. the vision that God plants you in, yep. right? And in that planting, he'll give you that which is your own. And without that, because think about that. If you never gave yourself to somebody else's vision, it's all about you. Yeah. It's very selfish. Yeah. It's all about you. And it's not about the bigger goal or you being a part of something. It's about what I've done and what I'm doing. Well, obviously, that's completely counter, uh, counter character to who God is, to who Jesus is. Yeah. So he's going to say, I want you to give yourself to something where you're not known for it, where you're not the one that, that is known for that. And that's, that's not, that's the humility. And he yeah. says, when you do that and you handle that well, <laughs> if I've called you to your own, I'll give you your own. Yeah. But that's up to God. You know, think about how prideful it would be for me to say, all right, God, give me my own ministry now. And God's, God's like, I, I, haven't, I have not called you to your own ministry. But no, I know you have something more for me because I've grown up in America and we're always, you know, achieving and arriving and I haven't arrived at my own ministry yet. I know, God's like, I don't have one for you. No, and, and if you pushed into it, there'd be no provision for it. Yeah. There'd be none. And, and think about how prideful and counter- to the nature of God, that is. Yeah. Know? Well, taking... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> She's laughing. I just started... <laughs> it just hit me right there. I had a memory. I remember when I first moved to Boomerang, and I was just like, like, man, like, I I think maybe one of... I, I One of the most beautiful callings, I think, would be a pastor. Like, it's just such a beautiful thing to be a shepherd. And I remember after... A couple years, or maybe after even like a year, I don't know. I started realizing, like, Pat, like you and Pastor Nicole, like tending the sheep, being a shepherd. I was like, this ain't pretty. Like, <laughs> this is not. This is not pretty. In the natural, this kind of stinks. <laughs> like, this is a lot. And I remember being like, you know what? Without a calling, I don't want yeah. that. No, <laughs> like don't. I'm not. You I don't, don't want to force myself into that because yeah. that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. So I just laughed because I had a I had a flash of remembering that moment <laughs> of ooh okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, taking things back to vision, and we've been on vision this whole time. But for me, the thing that has always made vision a reality and not just an idea is choosing to be all in, and that's something that you've ministered. Yeah 
for years now, like I'm coming up on my 10th year of being here, all 10 years, you've ministered on the need to be all in. And it, I mean, it took me a couple to really understand, and I'm still understanding it, but it took me a couple to make that decision. But here's what happened. You've also ministered that there's a Western way of looking at things and there's an Eastern way of looking at things. And in the Western world, everything has a compartment. There's a church compartment. There's a family compartment, a job compartment, a friend compartment, a rest compartment, whatever those compartments are for you. And we see things through each compartment. This is church time. This is my family time. And however else you look at that. And so for me, when I moved here, okay, pastor would preach on vision. At that point, Boomerang Church is taking Stanley County in a new direction. And that was, you know, find your joy again and really live. That was our vision. So I was like, okay, Sunday morning, that's the vision of my life. Got it. Then throughout the week, I have my work vision. And the Eastern philosophy sees everything through the lens of their religion, of their spirituality in that way. And when pastor preached on these things, at that point, I recognized church is not a part of who I am. My relationship with the Lord is not a part of it. It's everything. That's right. It's everything. My life is filtered through the lens of Christ. So speaking to Boomerang, our vision here at this point in time is Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer, living in his glory and abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus. But if we get to the point where that's just a church organization's job and not this is who I am, then all it is is an idea that I'm aspiring for. You know, how do armies win battles and victories? Their mission is ever before them. They know the task. They know the goal. They've got to get there. How do these great heroes in any area of life, spiritual heroes, business heroes, how have they accomplished it? They eat vision for breakfast. All they're doing is thinking on, how can I accomplish this task today? So for me, everything in my life shifted. George and I decided before we ever had kids, like I had so many people tell me before we ever got pregnant, even while we were pregnant, you'll look at things differently once you have your own family. And I was like, but I won't because I've already <laughs> made the decision that my family serves this vision, yeah. that our yeah. family upholds the kingdom, and my family yes. will fall in line with the vision I'm planted yeah. in. And Caroline, from this yeah. age onward, yeah. will always uphold they, that. Well, what they were saying to you was that church won't be as much of a priority once you have family. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. And I get that. And you will see things differently because your priorities shift in sure. terms of how you look at things, but not the major pieces is what they're talking about. It's like, and people will make excuses you won't be there for all themselves. The time. Yeah, people will make excuses. I mean, literally, while we're sitting here right now, I'm I'm hearing it, and and you know, your daughter is screaming in the nursery. So somebody went to go help her. You're sitting here on there. Uh, she's being handled. She's yeah. being taken care of. But that's the thing. People make excuses for why they're not all in. Mm-hmm. They constantly make excuses for why they're yeah. not in all in, and they find reasons to not say yes to God. Yeah. And our job, if you want to fulfill your vision and you want to find that vision, then you have to give yourself, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to yeah. you. Uh, seek him with all of your heart, and you will find him in Jeremiah 24, 7, and Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. 
When we give him all of ourselves, that's when the things of God work. Yeah. You know, put that in the comments. When we give God 100%, that's when his kingdom works for us. Yeah. That's when it works. Without that, it's always going to be running on bad fuel, right? Yeah. Without being all in, our life is always going to be running on bad fuel, yeah. right? And it's, going to, it's not going to produce the power. It's not going to have the comfort. It's going to be shaky. Uh, it, without giving God 100%, our life is always running on bad fuel. Yeah. And uh, that's a good, put that in the comments. Without giving God 100%, our life is running on bad fuel. Yeah, it's yeah. going to produce problems. It's going to be shaky. And and I noticed that myself when in my early years I had a foot in both. I had a foot in both worlds. And you know, in that moment, like it was just the worst period of my life. It was the worst period of my life because I was being torn between these two worlds. Yeah. And when I finally said, "Okay, enough." I'm all in. Every, yeah. It's like everything smoothed out. It wasn't that I didn't, you know, st- that I stopped having challenges. I did. I had challenges. Maybe I had more challenges. I definitely had bigger challenges yeah. as we went on. But it wasn't that. It was that I had a power that backed me to overcome those things because I was all in and I wasn't missing on that. Well, it's the same way with vision. If you're not all in, think about this. If you're not all in, What's the potential of your vision being being uh, off? A big, huge, big. yeah, yeah. So if if you're if you're not all in with God, the potential of you translating or discerning what God's saying to you is going to be so counter. It's going to be off. Yeah. And so if you want to fulfill your vision, one of the first things you need to do is decide I'm going to be all in. Yeah. You know, if you want to find your vision, you got to decide, I'm giving God all of my heart. And that means I'm willing to completely set myself aside and do nothing. You know, I, all right, so for example, in Boomerang, I would be the last person to ever believe that Boomerang was supposed to be a small ministry. So understand that, you know, before I, let me, let me give that disclosure before I say anything else, that disclaimer. Um, I, I believe Boomerang is supposed to be a big ministry. I believe we'll have churches all over the world. Mm-hmm. I believe we're going to influence areas and regions and uh, turn them to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, without question, I believe that. However, and I've believed that the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. I have believed that. However, I've seen places where I've said, you know what, this guy, because you'll watch, I'm going to a meeting here soon. And I know at that meeting, I was thinking about the other day, you've got some of the most anointed men and women of God I've ever seen at this meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the most anointed I've ever seen. Some of the most anointed I've ever seen. And most of the world doesn't know their names. Most of the world doesn't know their name. They don't have a clue who they are. They have no idea that that person is a very high-ranking person in the kingdom yeah. of God. They have no idea about that. and uh, But that person is, because I know them, and I know their fruit, and I know how they preach, and I know the results that they've had. That person uh, is some... And it's not... And I'm talking about people that, as far as I know, there's no outright immorality or anything like that. God's just given them to handle a certain task. 
He's given them a certain path. And when you look at stuff like that, you're like, it looks like, and, and the Bible even talks about it, there's certain people that God exalts to a place. And there's certain people that aren't exalted to a place. And it's all in the plan of God. And this part of the where he talks about where do we uh, think that it's okay for the pot to tell the potter what I should be doing, yeah. right? Well, I should be in fivefold ministry. It says who? You know, who? And what gives us the right to even think that? That that's okay to, you know, in that way. What gives us the right? That's straight pride and it's wrong thinking. And I've watched these and I can remember the Lord challenging me with this. He said, what if, he said, if Boomerang never exceeded 50 people and and was in Albemarle for the rest of your life and never exceeded 50 people, would you be satisfied and content? Now, this is after he's told me vision and showed me vision to have a big ministry. But what he's calling, calling on is my heart of diligence and willingness to not be known for something. Yeah. See, when, and I know what he's saying is, in the kingdom, me helping to oversee 50 people's lives as a shepherd in their life and for them to be the best that they could be. Think about that. If I could just help one person or two people yeah. to multiply myself, the two people to be the very best Christian they could ever be, would that be a worthwhile goal? Yes. What if every Christian did that? Now you tell me if that's a worthwhile goal. Yep. What if every Christian discipled two people to be the best that they could ever be? Do you realize within a couple of generations we would have evangelized the world? Yeah. So how big is that? Yeah. How big is that calling? Right? And and so you start to see, wait a minute. Like it's not just the numbers or what it looks like on paper or what it looks like to an earth earthly way mm-hmm. of thinking. It's what has God told me to do and am I handling that with all diligence? And see, without having that heart to be willing to be completely unknown in terms of, you know, most circles to be an unknown, but handling your godly business. Yeah. If you're not willing to do that, in my opinion, you have no uh, right to be given or granted a ministry where you are known. Yeah. Because without that heart, you're going to say things and do things that are messed up. Yeah. And, and you're not going to have the foundation to do that. So in order to find our vision, which is really what this broadcast is about, is finding that vision. We have to be willing to just be the unknown person, yeah. of, what, of, to be the servant, yep. to be the servant. That's what yeah. that's all about, to not be the leader, but the servant, Yeah. the unknown servant. Are you willing to be the unknown servant? And if you'll handle that well, then maybe God will give you something else. Now, here's the thing. God's always looking to bless you and to increase you and to prosper you. But he can do that while you're still unknown. Yeah. Yeah. He can bless and increase you in ways that are, that are crazy, yeah. you know, just amazing. But he's always got a heart of increase. But that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be looking for you know, the fame, yeah, yeah, for the recognition and fame yeah. or, the, or the approval or the cheers or the, man, that was such a great sermon, Pastor. You know, yeah. that was such a great sermon. Well, Oh, Both ahead. of your t- <laughs> No, you go. Well, all I was going to say is 
you know, that these people that you may think of, like, that are alive right now, that are heroes in the faith to you, you know, specifically talking about in the faith, they don't get there by themselves. Like, that's the thing. I, I, yeah. Brother Copeland, yes, he started off by himself. But do you know how many people support the vision of Kenneth Copeland Ministries right now? Yes. Dr. Rodney, Howard Brown. Do you know how many people are on staff supporting his vision? You know, Bishop David Oyedepo. I, I can't even imagine how many people. Like, I, there's just so many that are on staff and are upholding their vision. And we're never going to know their names for the most part. You know, we had the honor of having Barry Tubbs here in the ministry. Yeah. He is one of the longest standing employees at KCM, has served Brother Copeland, has been just so vital to that overall ministry. And so many people don't know who he is. And he's called in his own right. The reason I'm saying all this is because in order for vision to come to pass, people have to be willing to do whatever it takes in order to accomplish that thing. You know, all of the revivals, all the great moves of God that have happened, you know, in our like recent history, all happened through unknown people praying, picking up the vision that their man and woman of God gave to them, picking up the vision that God put on their heart, Pray for revival here, and it burst forth, not because anyone ever knew them, yeah. but because they just wanted to see God move, and they wanted God to be glorified. Like, I used to be that person that you both were talking about that just always wanted something that was my own and just whatever, and I've recently gotten to the place over the last couple of years where if even the thought comes up of, well, someday maybe the Lord may cause me to leave I get so uncomfortable because I know I'm called to you. I know I'm called to this body and I don't care. Like I can say it now with conviction. I don't care if anyone ever knows who I am. Isn't it nice to be able to say that though? So nice. Isn't it like there's no pressure on it? It's so peaceful because I remember when I got to that place, I was like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to yeah. feel. Like, oh, yeah. praise God. <laughs> and then it stops yeah. being political. Yes. With who does yes. what and who's over this and who's got yes. the title. I, I don't care. Yeah. Let yeah. Marky do everything <laughs> yeah. in the ministry. I don't care. I'll do whatever God needs me to do and whatever you yeah. and Pastor Nicole need. And yippity doo yeah. yeah. It's going to be accomplished. God's yeah. going to move. Um, I... A few months ago, Buddy had a message uh, here at Boomerang, and it was about family, the culture of family and everything. And I know I keep bringing up that, but I keep bringing up Boomerang specifically and the church specifically, but that it is because that is where we accomplish our vision. Yeah. And in, in his message, I remember the Lord helping me clarify something. People, and just recently someone told me this. They said, Marky, you know, like, you know, ministry doesn't come before this or that or whatever. And they're kind of categorizing ministry and church as like work, kind of. Like it's like a, I don't know. But in Buddy's message, I remember the Lord showing me, like being committed to Boomerang's vision of, part of Boomerang's vision is family, is home, is that culture is family. And um, it's felt kind of hard to, to, to go with that from opposition and different things. But in the message, the Lord showed me the family of 
the body of Christ is, it's that, it's the body of Christ. Yeah. Boomerang isn't an establishment. Yeah. Boomerang is the body of Christ. It's yeah. holy. Like when we assemble, yeah. it's a holy thing. And if someone attacks, you guys are just too committed to that. You're just too committed to the church. <laughs> They're saying you're too committed to Christ, to the yeah. body of Christ. And the other thing that That's came, a great point. And the, great and the point. Lord helped me to, I was like, oh, I found peace in that. Of This is yeah. this is Christ's body. Yeah. It's, it, and But as you were talking also about people knowing your name and everything, the beautiful thing about finding your vision in that local body and supporting that is the name that's known, the, the biblical name that's known that we establish as Boomerang, the body of Christ whose name is known in that. Yeah. Yeah. Christ's name. That's right. As a member of his body, my name isn't known. I'm a member, but in the word, the that's name great. that's known is his name. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Great, great point. And that's, you know, looking at, looking at finding the vision and when you, literally, when you die to self, you step into your true vision. You step into the true plan of God for your life. In other words, think about this. Doesn't he say, doesn't he say that he will make our name great? So God doesn't have a problem with us having fame and recognition. He, does, like, he actually will make our name great. But he has a problem with it if that's what we were after. Mm-hmm. If, if, even if it's slight, even if it's small, that... That's actually what we were after was to have our name great. You know, um, I think part of me has tried to, uh, and this, I've actually, I think I went into a ditch with this. I think I, I went too far with it, but I think I recognized that early on, how dangerous it was to have your name known for something. And, and why are we talking about this? Because if you don't get a hold of this, your vision's going to be skewed. Your vision that you think you get from God is going to be biased. And so I recognize how important it was to humble myself and be willing to not be known at all. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I was believing that I wouldn't be known. I was believing that I would be known, but it's important for me to deal with that item in my heart and make sure that that thing is dead and buried. And I realized how important that it was and one of the things that I did was I just I poured myself so much, like, let me just do the work, right? Let me just do the work. Yeah. And, and what I did, though, was I went too far. I counterbalanced too far, which, which is fine because it's easy to correct. But it, uh, I'd rather be erring on that side than the, than the side of pride, you yeah. know? And I went so far into work that the Lord would come in and say, hey, what do you like to do for fun? You know, <laughs> like, and so I was like, let me just be the one that's working, you right. know. And, and what happens in that is, so you can, you can counterbalance, but don't, don't worry about that too much because most of the time when we're pulling against the flesh anyway, we need to go stronger than what we think we yeah. are. And if you go too far, that's the beautiful thing about an intimate fellowship with God is he'll let you know. Right. And that's when he started talking to me. He's talking to me again recently. But here, here's the beauty of this. Maybe let us just be about the work of the Father's kingdom that we don't even realize we got famous. Yep. 
Like, we're just so involved in serving God and advancing the kingdom. And somebody goes, hey, did you know they were talking about you over here? They're like, they were? Why were they talking about me? And they're like, because you're, you know, in in today's language, because you're killing it. You know, everything's going well for you. Everything's advancing so much. You're doing so good in God. It's like, we are? Like, I'm just working. I'm just doing the work. And if we'll get that heart and that mindset God promotes you. Yeah. Yeah. God sets you in front of kings, right? God does that. He's the promoter. See, we should never be our own promoter. Let him do it. Let me just let me just zoom in to what he's told me to do now. Right. What's the vision that I have? And so when you're trying to find your individual vision and your ultimate vision, God's not going to give it to you according to that verse until you handle something that is someone else's, right? right? So when you're trying to find that vision, the vision that everybody has is to be at church, be planted, don't don't uh, walk away from the gathering, right? Mm-hmm. Be yeah. don't what's the what is it, Hebrews ten? Uh, don't forsake don't the forsake assembly. the assembly. Don't yeah. forsake the gathering. Don't forsake the assembly. Be there. Be planted. Be a part of that is vision that God has yeah. given every believer. That's your vision. That's your beginning vision. And then in that vision, if you want to do it, we have to put down pride, step into the role of a servant, and then fulfill the vision we already have. Deal with what we already have. Stop looking down the road. Be 100% right now. And then when you handle that well, God will give you other vision. Yeah. God will give you. He'll come if if you have a godly pastor, one who who hears from the Spirit of God. He'll come to you and say, "Hey, it's time for you to step into this." Like here's this, and the Lord will have already been talking to you about that, mm-hmm. or He does right at that moment. He starts to tell you, "That's where we need to live all the time." But we, every person that's hearing this already has vision for their life. Yep. Yeah. You already have it. It's written right here. And then the rest of that vision comes as you handle that vision well. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is such a major key because everybody's looking for their vision. You got all the Bible school students that go to school, and they're like looking, what am I called to do? What am I called to do? And you might even have teachers that, that don't know any better, yeah. that they've not been taught this. And so they're like, you need to figure out what you need to do. You need to figure out. It's like, no, you don't. You yeah. need to let God write that. Mm-hmm. You, you need to let God write that. Be patient and give yourself to the vision yeah. here. That'll come up. That'll come up and come out of you in that way. And I'm, I'm watching people now. They're, they're just serving God, and all of a sudden God plants vision in them, plants vision in their leader, <laughs> and they just explode. Yeah. They just explode, and it's beautiful. Well, one of the things, it, and it's a little interesting because I believe the Lord's telling me to bring it up, but it's about me, but th- hear what I'm saying. Yesterday in service, the Lord had a word for me that came through you that to people just listening, it like it was a big word. And, and part of what the Lord had you say to me is that things that I've hungered for and have desired for years, that they would happen and gift it, a whole bunch of stuff. It's not, that that's not the point of this. My point in saying that is to onlookers listening or just people who have come in, that seems like a a great thing. And I remember being in in the position, watching people get words like that and being like, 
well, it's my turn too. Right. I want a word like that. Absolutely. <laughs> like, okay, God, now yeah. I'm coming up because I want a word like Barrett's word. I want to receive. That. And I did that yeah. for years. Oh my gosh, for years. Like stupid did that. And <laughs> anyway, it, like it's genuinely so embarrassing. But what uh, the majority of people except you and Pastor Nicole and George know is the years and years and years I had to give myself to the word and had to pursue humbly the word of God and how many moments of dying to self and crucifying what I thought was a dream God gave me and wasn't him with like just how much stuff and how how much time and foundation laying it took for a moment like that. And I'm not here patting myself on the back. I haven't arrived, but... There's been years of buildup for a moment so that God could bring yes. me to a place where he could do exactly what he did yesterday and say what he said. So the whole reason I'm bringing it up is just because someone gets a word, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's necessarily your time for that thing. Give yourself to the moment that you're in. Trust God to yes. build you up into who you're called to be. I didn't go up yesterday for that. I didn't sit in the service yesterday for that. I'm not fasting for that. I'm fasting because I want him. Correct. And when I stopped pursuing the gift in and of itself, and I started just pursuing God, legitimately Matthew 6.33 started happening. That's right. Where all those things I started wanting, or that I had wanted to begin with, they just started getting added to me. I'm not hungry because I want God to give me. I just want him. Yeah, yeah. Kevin said this. He was in the second, third year of Bible college and felt awful because he didn't have that calling and vision. He said it wasn't fun. And see, a lot of times people around us are like, what are you called to do? What are you called to do? You know, time's short. And really, that's an operation of fear. Yeah, It's like, sure. no, doesn't God know when to speak to somebody and how to speak to somebody? And even if you if you feel like this is one thing, drop the fear. You can put this in the comments. Drop the fear of missing it. Yes. Drop the fear of missing it. That's huge. Drop it. Like, yeah. that is a fear. You're not to be motivated by your fear of missing it yeah. or being left out. That's yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. That's an ungodly fear. Drop. Put it in the comments. Yeah. Drop the fear of missing it. Yeah. Yeah. Drop it. And, and the reason is because this, in a relationship with God, in an intimate fellowship with God, doesn't he tell you that he will disclose all things to you yeah. by the Holy Spirit? All you got to do, get filled with the Holy Ghost, walk with God in an intimate fellowship. God's going to tell you. You're not going to miss the timing of it. Stop thinking you're going to miss the timing. Yeah. The only reason you're going to miss the timing of it is that you're not yielded to him when he talks. Yep. That's it. You're, that you're not yielded when he talks. Drop when he talks. Drop the fear of missing it. And watch this. And even if you are missing it in some way, isn't God merciful? And isn't he strong enough to get louder? And isn't he strong enough to wake me up in the middle of the night and tell me to say something to you or whatever? Yes, he is. And I've had to do that. Very rare, though. Drop the fear of missing it. Drop the fear of time short, I got to get busy. That's fear. Yeah. That is fear. God knows what time it is. Put that in the comments. God knows what time it is. Yeah. And he knows your number. 
He knows how to get in touch with you. Stop fearing that. Just be about what you already have been told to do. And watch this. If you miss, see, if you step out too early and do something God didn't say to do, that creates a mess. Mm -hmm. But if you go too far and you've missed it a little bit on the timing, that's easy for God to say, do it now, right? That's easy for God to say, do it now. All you have to do is get an intimate fellowship with God. Get an intimate fellowship with God and stay humble. Yeah. Stay in that intimate fellowship and stay pliable. Like, don't just make assumptions. Don't walk in absolutes. Stay humble. Stay hungry for the things of God. Stay in fellowship. Yeah. Stay in fellowship. Stay humble. Stay hungry. That's it. You do that. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I'm telling you, you are going to be fine because all of those le- things lead to the will of God being done. When you're seeking the things of God, don't just hear the what. Hear the what and the when. You have to know that. Most people don't know that. Most people have never been taught that. There's always a timing, and many people miss that timing, and then they blame God for yeah. it. Don't fear missing it. Yeah. And, and so when you, most people, when they hear the what, they go running. And, it, and God was like, what, where'd he go? Where, where'd they go? I, like, I just told him what he was going to do in the future. I didn't tell him to go yet. This is what it is. And so here, have a fellowship where you hear from God the yeah. what and the when. Well, the thing I was going to add with that, you know, using myself as an example, it's taken me 10 years, basically, to get to where I am right now. I likely could have gotten there much sooner. Like, Without I question. absolutely could me have. Me too. But yeah. here's the thing. Like, I had such a fear that I was going to miss out on God and his plans for my life that the fear drove every decision I was making, everything I was doing, and every altar call I was at became about give to me, give to me, give to me, tell me, to, whatever. Yeah. That I'm, I delayed it. My fear yeah. delayed yeah. God. Kept How, you in the character that God couldn't give you the real yes. plan. Yeah. However, you know, God is... God's so faithful that he always turns things together for those who love him. So even though I delayed it, God's a redeemer of the time. God's a redeemer. Put that in the comments. God is a redeemer of the time. So even though I allowed myself to waste God's time, God is going to redeem the time I wasted and add things into my life and bring things to come to pass as though I never wasted it to begin with. And he'll do the same for you. Amen. Glory to God. I want to read you these last uh, set of verses in Jeremiah 24 and Jeremiah 29. We've been talking. I've mentioned them a couple of times today. But Jeremiah 24, 7, I want you to see this. When you are finding the vision of God for your life, um, this, this is key, and this is critical, yeah. all right? Jeremiah 24, 7, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people. I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. Yeah. So with what will heart. you return to God? With what will you come into his presence? Whole heart. With your whole heart. Not part of your heart. No, God, and think about this. What, think about this. Think about how to, how to think. God, you're probably going to tell me things that my flesh is not going to like. And I recognize that up until this point, 
I still have probably some fleshly items that are pushing me one way or, or the other, that are biasing, that are skewing my thinking and my actions. And I have a flesh that I probably haven't fully crucified. And there's pieces of it that I, you know, have you guys ever had something that you were doing wrong, but you had no idea you were doing wrong? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, you know, the thing is, if you don't know it, you don't know it. And that's why both of you, I've said, listen, don't beat yourself up because you found something that you're doing wrong. This is actually a very good thing because now you're not going to do it wrong. Right. You just didn't know about it by now. And you're beating yourself up like you've had, you know, a hundred years of experience in right. the world in your twenties. You know, that's not, you didn't, you haven't been alive long enough to find this yeah. that you were doing wrong and find it. Now you found it. Don't beat yourself up over that. But here's the thing with understanding that, you know, are there things that are that you probably don't know yet? Are, you know, for somebody to say, no, I know everything. Well, what kind of pride is that? But for us to say, there's things, is, is it possible? Yeah. Is it probable yeah. that there's things that I don't know yet? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, then that means there's things I don't know yet that are working against godliness, working against God, and I might not know it yet, or maybe there's some things that I do. The Lord's been trying to talk to me, but I've not been humble enough to right. hear that or, or whatever. So now one of the things that you see is he says, return to me with your whole heart. So with that in mind, I know that God's going to take me to places and tell me things that not all of me in the spirit and the flesh, the whole man, not all of me is going to like yep. that part of me in the flesh is going to resist. Part of me is not going to like, and I'm not going to want to give myself wholly, uh, you know, 100%. Right. I'm not going to want to, you know, for example, like when, you know, you were done wrong and somebody legitimately did you wrong and pastor tells you, you need to forgive them and forgive them right now. Like at that moment, when you feel justified in your rightness, you know, and it's the principle of the matter, your whole heart is generally not, for most people, I want to forgive them mm -hmm. like it never happened. Yeah. That's not what people are thinking. Yeah. And so what does that mean? In that moment, God doesn't have your whole heart. Right. And because of yeah. that, it's hard to get into the place and the presence of God because they return how? With their whole heart, Right. Um, you know, when somebody's done you wrong in any way, in any form or fashion, most of the time people don't have a whole heart towards God. Well, many times, think about this. How many of us have ever said, well, I'll never do this, right? I'll never do. That means you didn't have a whole heart. You didn't have a heart that if God said you'll do it, that right. you'll say, oh, yes, I'll go do it, Lord. Yeah. No, you'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to go do that. You know, many people, they don't want to go and minister in the downtown slums. Many people don't go, want to go win souls. Well, I'm, think about this. I'm just not a people person, and I just don't talk. That's just who I am. No, God doesn't have your whole heart. Right. Yeah, that may not be who you are at all. That might have been what the world taught you about yourself and, and not what God taught you. At all. You may find that you were called to do that, and there's a joy and a peace, and that's the, that's the vision that God has for your life. But if you keep saying, that's not who I am, then God doesn't have your whole heart. It's an absolute that's not based off of the Word. Right. You see that? It's an absolute not based off of the Word. 
So this is an area where we have to recognize there's probably, in all probability, going to be a place where God asks us to do something and he doesn't have my whole heart. But if I'll give him my whole heart, I will return to him. So when we see this, this becomes very important. In other words, Lord, I'm asking you, what should I do right here? And you almost always have something that you don't mind doing and something that you really don't want to do. When you recognize that God's the one answering you, now this is a key. When you recognize that God is the one that's going to be answering, he's never going to give you something that isn't opportunity for increase. So whether I like his response or my flesh doesn't like his response, I can still in that moment, because of who he is, trust him, trust his love, and I can give him my whole heart. Well, now that takes off all of the boundaries. It takes off all of that. I can also now return to him, and I can be in his presence that strengthens me to do great and mighty things. And maybe there's vision there. He could have never gotten to you without giving him your whole heart. Can you see that? When the Lord asks us for those things, so many times we have mixed feelings about it. And and that's a bias. And that's where we need to take the time to say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, it's going to be blessed. It's going to be blessed. Whether I feel like doing it or don't feel like doing it, it's blessed because you're telling me. And and Lord, whatever you tell me, I'm going to be excited about. I'm going to be in faith in. I'm going to be a hope in. And I'm going to operate in love, hope, joy, confidence, expectation. Whereas if I told you, you know, think about this in, um, think about, uh, this 10 years ago when you first got here. If I told you, I want you to take over the cleaning team of the church. Cool. <laughs> right. That, that would have been my That would have been, one. that would have been, because that was not where your head was. No. You know, you wanted ministry, you wanted all those things. So your whole heart wasn't there. You wouldn't have been able to accept that. The truth is, if I pushed that in that moment, you'd have probably left and missed your whole destiny. Would have. Would have completely done it. And so that's why many people miss their vision and their destiny because God doesn't have their whole heart in it. And so those mo- we have to recognize that. And, and what are, would you have, if God was in that, what would you have supposed to have done? Uh, that seemed very long sentence to get out what I'm trying to say. Uh, what would have been actually, what should you have done in that moment? You should have been, if God was in it, been in faith, hope, and love. Hope. You should have been joyful to hear that. You should have been confident and bold in that and in expectation. This has something Mm -hmm. that I'm excited about. And in it, hold that, in in an exact replication of that, the Lord, one time when I was sitting there, you've heard the story where the minister says, I'm never going to let anybody minister in my pulpit that hasn't cleaned my toilet. And I thought, what a prideful statement. And then the Lord said to me, he said, I said, what do you want me to do with that, Lord? He said, I want you to go clean his toilets. And I realized in that moment, because I'd already worked on this, and I'd already worked on having that whole heart towards God. I realized in that moment, you're going to work something here. Like, I don't want to go clean his toilets. Like, in in the flesh, I don't want to go do that. But you've got something planned for this. And so I called him up. 
And God did have something planned for it. And, and it was beautiful what God had planned for that moment. And I realized something I really didn't want to do. God was going to do something supernatural in mm-hmm. and did. And did something supernatural in that moment. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's one of those things where if we'll give God our whole heart and stop looking at it with a bias, and, and we'll, even though we may have something we don't want to do and something we do want to do, but if we'll go to God and say, whatever you tell me to do, that's going to be blessed. Yeah. That's going to be blessed. Then we're going to step into the place where, where God can really use you. Yeah, he man. can really get a hold of your life. Well, what? It, it was more of a smart comment almost than anything, but I believe the Lord brought something up to it. You had said, what would I have done had you told me I was in charge of the cleaning team? Honestly, my flesh probably would have just heard, what if I put you in charge? It would have stopped right there. Be- I understand. Because honestly, yeah. the flesh is always about title. Yeah. And all always will want recognition. Yeah. So we were talking about it this morning actually in our staff meeting. You know, I oversaw the youth. That has a title. That yeah. has like some sort of prestige to it in religious yeah. like religious circles or whatever. And people basically people knew what I did. Yeah. And then there came a point where the Lord told me it was Time for me to be promoted, but promoted to what? Burn. Like, there, <laughs> yeah. there was no title for what I was promoted into. And honestly, to so, probably everybody <laughs> that didn't have spiritual recognition, it looked like I was being demoted. I say it because it looked to bear it like I was being demoted. <laughs> um, we had many conversations about it. And then not only did it look that way, then what you asked me to do, like what my job became, was not my skill set. Even remotely was it my skill set. <laughs> it's my husband's skill set. It's Pastor Nicole's skill set. It's Abby's. It's not mine by nature. So promotion came, like in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm getting promoted to what? No idea. What am I doing? <laughs> all the stuff I hate, like all of it. But... I like I had and it took me months, but I had to finally just say, whatever it is, I'll give myself to it. And in the giving myself to the thing I didn't want to do, even though it looked like a demotion to everyone around me, except for like you and Pastor Nicole and George, um, the my faith people. I wasn't in it. But even though it looked that way, I chose to give myself to it. And God equipped me, gifted me, skilled me. In ways that I wasn't skilled before. Now they're becoming like more strengths than they ever have been. And raised me up into knowing how to push through. Like, and and that's the thing. Like, in order to get to vision, you've got to know how to push through your flesh saying no. Yes. Because your flesh is going to fight the vision of God all day, all the time, because it doesn't want you to reach it. Yeah. But giving yourself to whatever you're in and saying, I refuse to quit, I refuse to say no. It positioned me to be able to hear from God in new yeah. ways. Like yeah. everything turned. That's but right. I had never made myself do something I didn't want to do like that. I'd yeah. never done it. And put this in the comments too. To, to walk out your vision and even to find it, you can't keep ditching responsibility. Yeah. To find and walk in vision, you can't ditch responsibility. Put that in the comments. Yeah. This is huge. You can't ditch responsibility. You've got to deal with responsibility and do it well. Mm-hmm. Do it well. Take accountability for it. Take take the blame if it doesn't go right. 
don't ditch responsibility. Many people are wanting to be promoted, but they've not taken responsibility. You have to walk out your responsibility. Let's look at this last set of verses, uh, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 through 14, the beginning of it. For I know the plans or or the vision uh, that I have for you, God says, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, then you will call, call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Yeah. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. The beginning of verse 14, I will be found by you, declares mm-hmm. the Lord, and I will restore the fortune and gather you from the nations. I will. I'll be found by you when you search for me with what? With your whole heart. When you're finding your vision, you can't approach God without being all in and actually find a pure vision. The vision will always be diluted and skewed if you have not given God everything in that way. Lord, I'm yours. So see, where most people need to start with their vision and their destiny is on their knees in the presence of God. Lord, I'm yours. I praise you. I worship you. Lord, I just give you the glory. But see, that's not where we start. We start at the place of, I want to do this, and I want to be known for that. And that's the reason why we're seeking the vision in the first place, is so we can get on with it and be known, mm-hmm. or, be, or be used and be seen in that way, or we can get the checkbox. That's why we're pushing for it. See, we don't have to do that. God knows what, again, God knows what time it is. God knows what your number is. He knows how to talk to you and communicate to you. You just go after God. Be about his business. He said something like this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If people would simplify it back down to that, even now, like for, I mean, I'm in vision and I'm in destiny and we're fulfilling great things. But even right now, for me going forward and the ministry going forward, I don't find future vision just because I'm called to a vision. I find it the same place I found it when nobody knew us, on my knees with the Lord, in his presence, in worship. I find it in the same place going after him, you know, the place where, where he knows me. Yeah. Other people might not know me, but he knows me. Yeah. He knows you. See, that's the place. He knows you there. He knows you. He might not recognize you when you stand up and you try to get recognition for something. That doesn't look like you to him. You look like renewed in Christ. But on your knees in prayer and that humility and hunger, he knows you there. And forget about what other people, who knows you or who doesn't know you, God knows you in that place. Which is more important, that God knows you or that other people know you? And in that place, with all of your heart, you will return to him and find him. He will be found by us, and he can give you that vision. Father, right now, let every person that's watching this, let them walk in your anointing and your calling and your vision. Lord, let them be led into the fullness of what you're calling them into. Lord, let let every one of us see the immediate responsibility of being all in with you, 
giving you our whole heart, seeking you with all of our heart, not being biased or skewed by religion or the flesh or our circumstances, Lord. But Lord, let us go after you, see you for who you are, and let us be found by you. Lord, let us hit our knees in a, in a fellowship with you. And Lord, every bit of vision that we need, we know that you will give it and make it clear right on time, right at the right moment, and then you will tell us when to take off with it. Lord, you'll show us ahead of time what it is so we can pray over it and, and bathe it in prayer and handle, straighten out those roads that we uh, would run without prayer. We can straighten them out and smooth them out. And then, Lord, you'll tell us when to take off running. And with that vision, we will run and we will accomplish great things in your kingdom. Lord, let your people fall into those places now. Lord, let, let this preaching and, and, and their heart drop them right into the place that you've designed that fits them perfectly. Lord, thank you for making your name great through us and also pouring out your glory on us, so much so that you even want to make our name great at times. Lord, we, we seek in our heart to serve you for the rest of our days, to serve you and be the greatest from that service. We praise you and we worship you, give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God.